Hello and welcome to Gut Shot, home of the hottest takes for Magic the Gathering. I'm Will, and joining me as always is Frederick. Hello everyone, I am Frederick, aka War Crimes Uwu on Twitch, and you are listening to Gut Shot, the Magic the Gathering podcast that's a cheeky reference to another Magic the Gathering podcast you like. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. That's uh, that seems to be the name of the game with magic these days. Uh, I I am willing to bet that this is like one of the more exciting episodes for either of us that we've done in a while. Would you say that? Um, I I liked fixing white. Um, <laughs> right. that's my that's been my favorite one in a little while. But this one is this one was also I think maybe very fun. I like this set despite it being ten dollar packs, which you know uh, everybody I'm yeah. sure is giving their spiel. It's stupid for them to print new cards in ten dollar packs. It's ridiculous. It's anti-player. It takes unique game pieces and tells people that they're not for them, which should be only the case with cosmetic items. Done with that. Let's just be excited about cards. Absolutely. Any long-term listener of Gut Shot, and I know there's like one of you out there, knows that we've said over and over that Modern is our favorite format. And we are finally getting Modern Horizons 2. We're not actually done with spoilers just yet, but we couldn't wait. And we knew that there were going to be tons and tons of cards that we wanted to pontificate about. So this is uh, probably part one of uh, our deep dive into Modern Horizons 2 and talking about which cards we are most excited for. And I know that both of us have a lot to say on this. Yes, absolutely. Right. So hey, let's not let's not uh, wait too long. Let's just get right into it. Uh, but before we do that, hey, we really appreciate you, you know, uh, uh, tuning in, check out our episodes. If you like this episode and you're watching on YouTube, give the video a like uh, and subscribe for more of that juicy gut shot content the bell is there if you'd like to click it and uh more than anything we want to hear what you have to say if you agree with us you think that we're um you know we don't know what we're talking about please let us know in the comments below and you could tweet at us at gutshot pod and with that out of the way let's get into modern horizons 2 and i think i i'm starting off with the first card right you are yes that's the way uh, i put it absolutely so I want to talk about Flame Tongue Yearling. Now, us long-term Magic players know that Flame Tongue means something in Magic, and, and we'll see this over and over again with all of these cards. Um, you know, lots of references to old stuff for Magic's past, and this is no exception. This is a two mana for two red, a two one creature Kavu with multi kicker of two generic. It enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it for each time it was kicked. And when mm -hmm. it enters the battlefield, it deals damage equal to its power to target creature. Obvious reference to classic card, which I, I don't think quite gets there these days. Flame Tongue Kavu, which was a mm -hmm. four mana, four two, and came into play and dealt four damage to target a uh, creature. I think that this is a really cool... Uh, I think that this is a really cool... Um, change flavor tweak to a classic card uh that will that is fun to play i do not think that this is strong enough for modern but i think that this is uh going to be really awesome for the uh for the draft environment and i think this is going to be a great like cube card or like cubelet i'm kind of thinking about maybe putting this in my cubelet uh and this just, oh, just yeah. seems like a fun card to play with what do you think about this I think this is pushing into maybe being playable in modern. It's a two for one. Two for ones are good. Um, you know, it can get a little bigger, but even just ignoring the multi kicker, just a two mana two one and shock is really, really nice. Um, I think this will obviously be very good and limited, like you said, but I think this might see a tiny bit of modern play. I don't know if like any mono red devotion deck is ever going to exist, or just like I don't know, like Burn obviously doesn't want this, right? But like I don't know, some zoo deck I could see wanting this. This card's good. This is obviously a good card. Yeah, it, it would be a deck that like is okay with the card at its base level. And you know, mm -hmm. I don't think you want to be multi-kicking this if it's going to see uh, constructive play. That just kind of needs to be gravy on top. But yeah, if there's any sort of zoom deck that pops up, which you know might be a possibility uh, uh, with the, the new cards, we'll just have to see. But yeah, this the power level is there. We just need to see if it can slot into anything. But I, I just think on all fronts, this is just a great design. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'm just glad it exists. And I, I'm looking forward to playing it in, in a more casual way 
context. But um, so yeah. yeah, that's that's my first pick. Let's move on to your next one or your first one. And oh, this is a powerhouse. Tell us yeah. about grief. <laughs> so cards that will definitely see play in modern. <laughs> um, this is grief. It's two and double black for a three-two elemental incarnation at mythic with menace. And uh, when it enters the battlefield, target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a non-land card from it. That player discards that card and evoke. Exile black card from your hand. So this is a pitch spell, right? Uh, it's Thoughtseize that just requires you to pitch a black card. Or you can play it for four mana, get the 3-2 menace and do that. Uh, as many have pointed out, you can play this and then blink it in response to the evoke trigger, but I honestly just think the zero mana Thoughtseize into regular Thoughtseize on turn one is what's going to allow this to help you pick apart most opponents' hands. This card is obviously strong. Um, how strong it is, is a little up in the air. This is the second most expensive pre-ordering card currently, just behind Ragavan, the monkey pirate. Hmm. Um, and, I, I mean, for very good reason. This card's probably going to shape modern moving forward, a lot of people are saying, and I think I'm one of those people. Will, what are your thoughts on Grief? No, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can blink this. I, I, I People are absolutely going to be do the, uh, doing that, and I think it's going to be good. But I love what you just said. This is basically Thoughtseize. Well, I guess Inquisition of Kozilek is Thoughtseize 5 through 8, right? This is Thoughtseize yeah. 9, through, 9 through 12, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like, the, we, we know the power of that card, and just being able to rip your opponent's hand over and over and over again is um, we know how the powerful that is. We don't need to be told. Uh, that so yeah i i think that this has the legs to get there it definitely will and you don't even need to break this it, it's yeah. just that powerful on its own and the three two three two minutes is not nothing on the battlefield like i know it's like uh here, here's my air quotes below rate but i mean <laughs> it's still a magic card it still attacks and blocks and can win games so yeah, yeah. um i'm not surprised that this is like the second highest uh pre-order um i i haven't seen what this is pre-ordering for and i kind of don't want to because i definitely don't plan on paying those prices but yes uh expect to see this card modern moving forward you, you were just going to see it uh rishadon dockhand uh this is a, a one mana for one blue a one two merfolk that's the important part so mer merfolk it has island walk which is being printed into modern for some reason kind of uh interesting that we're going back to that well but um you know here, here's the um the the thing that everyone's excited about one generic mana and tap to tap target land so a lot of people were wondering if Rishadon Port was going to be reprinted into Modern, uh, and it looks like we're not getting that. Instead, we're getting it on a one-drop Merfolk. And I, you know, there's just something about the Merfolk deck that people get crazy for. And and I get it. I've been an Infect fan, you know, ever since I picked up the deck. But people uh -huh. who play Merfolk uh, are super devoted to the deck, and every single one of them are excited for this so I, i'm gonna i'm gonna paraphrase why i've heard other merfolk players say uh you know on youtube and in person that you know um merfolk's wind drops have always kind of been a bit mediocre um i know there was like curse catcher that was seen play like 10 years ago and i think they play one or two others uh these days but like i think that this kind of takes the cake in terms of one drop merfolk that they want to play um so you know it, it, i think that this is a um uh, clearly a slot into those decks. I'm curious to see if this is going to see play in anything that isn't a Merfolk deck. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know, but at least, hey, if you're going to play Merfolk, this is probably something you're highly looking at. Yeah. Um, I will go ahead and um, paraphrase what I have heard Merfolk players say to me, which is, hey, please stop keying my car. Um, I, in all seriousness, I, I think this card's bad. Um, honestly, I think like Rashad and Port, but that has summoning sickness and dies to removal is just not Rashad import. You know, the cool thing about Rashad import is they had to basically spend their wasteland to get rid of it or their strip mine or whatever. You know, they have to, they have to expend resources that aren't just like a one drop instant to get rid of it. And you could lay it down one turn and immediately start negating where like, like taking out one of their lands from the game. Whereas that's just not true of this. You know, it comes down, it gets, it often will get bolted before it can do anything. And even when it doesn't get bolted before it can do anything, like it, it's, it still has to wait a turn. I don't know. I'm not feeling this. Uh, you're you're right, and, and we should we should definitely <clears throat> say that this is not Rishadon Port. Um, yeah. But I mean, it, it, it's one of those things where, like, I, I would say it doesn't even matter that's not Rishadon Port. It's close enough to where people are going to do it anyway. 
you know, whether it's good or not. Um, but um, yeah, I guess we'll just have to see if this, this is clearly going to go into Merfolk, but we'll have to see if this ability takes Merfolk to a new level, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, um, uh, yeah. I, I think I think you were right about it mostly just seeing play in Merfolk, because like I think the best thing about this card is it's, you know, a one mana one two with an occasionally relevant ability that uh, you can curve into a two drop that turns it into a two three. It's a curve. Uh, you're you're right that that probably is where the real power of this card is and, and I'll, I'll honestly say i don't hate that this is a merfolk i do think that rishadon port on a creature should be a white ability I, I i just i just think this is one of those things where blue shouldn't get this white should get this and blue should uh, uh stick to what is more core to blue um, but um, I, I guess I can't I can't fault them too much for making this blue because if this was a merfolk in white, I think people would probably complain a lot. Even though I think uh, color pie, like color pie philosophy wise, it really should be white. Yeah. Um, now, will I think people will complain a lot no matter what this is. Um, but yeah. yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think this probably should have been white, uh, even if they had to make it say like tap non target non basic land. Um, mm -hmm. I think it probably still should have been white. Uh, which I mean, yeah. that's what you're going to do with it anyway. Right. Um, yeah. But okay. are yeah. you ready for this next one? Yeah, let's let's move on. Ooh, this is the spicy one. Yeah, so this is the number one thing I thought you would pick, but apparently you are immune to the self-referential soy face bait in a way that I am not, um, because I went ahead and put this on the uh, on the slideshow. Mm -hmm. uh, this is Ignoble Hierarch. It's a green for a 0-1 Goblin Shaman. Uh, at rare with exalted, whenever a creature you control attacks alone, that creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn, and it can tap to add a black, a red, or a green. Um, so this is an obvious reference to uh, Noble Hierarch, which was the exact same text, except it was a human shaman, and uh, it tapped for a white, a blue, or a uh, green. And this is very weird to me, mostly because, like, exalted is not a jund ability, but you have to remember that this is not a Jund card. It's just a green card that happens to be able to also tap for black and red. So, like, Exalted still technically is allowed to be on here, but it feels very strange. I, I wish that instead of Exalted, they had given it, I don't know, Battle Cry or... I mean, Devour doesn't really make sense. I wish they'd given it a Jund keyword ability instead of making it literally Exalted. But... For the decks that sure. play Noble Hierarch anyway, but would like different colors, now Ignoble Hierarch exists. And uh, Noble Hierarch is down to $15 right now, which is pretty great. So, oh, you know, yeah, absolutely. maybe this is why. Yeah, I'm, I might be picking those up soon. But yeah, Ignoble Hierarch might go in Ponza for me, um, mm -hmm. to be honest. it's I like the art on this one, too. It's cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the art is just a, a reference to Noble Hierarch. It's still that you know straight on, almost like Wes Anderson uh, shot from <laughs> one of his movies. Uh, just looking straight on, uh, you know, Noble Hierarch is you know um, dressed you know nobly, has um, you know the uh, flowing robes, you know, very clearly noblish. While this one is uh, exactly what you think of if you'd uh, hear Goblin Shaman, right? Yeah, New York uh, Knicks cap, um, Limp Biscuit T-shirt. I love this card so much. A lot of the kind of uh, cheeky references that uh, Modern Horizons 2 has uh, in its cards don't really hit with me all that much. Uh, like the card that has the really long uh, name that no one can pronounce, that doesn't really get me uh, like it's getting a lot of people. But this one really does. I love this card. I absolutely want to get a play set of this. Um, Infect's not going to um, the, you know slot this in. I don't think Infect's going to become an eight high arc deck. Um, <laughs> but uh, there there is a Golgari version of Infect that will absolutely slot this in instead of Noble High Arc. Um, it's possible we we're talking about like a Zoo deck uh, maybe being possible in uh, modern, like a, a Flame Tongue Gearling. Uh, this would be a good card if that deck was going to to become a thing. <laughs> Uh, and yeah. uh, I think that Jund is going to alter its game plan to in incorporate uh, this. Um, oh, bold prediction. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of people, uh, again, this is like people who play Jund that I'm hearing online saying that they think that Jund is going to be tweaked in response to this card. Uh, and uh, because Jund is already in kind of a weird place, it's not the powerhouse it used to be. Um, yeah. So they think that this card could give it a little bit more juice to um, compete with the more broken things. That are happening in modern but i love this card i want to get a play set uh maybe i'll toy around with like an eight high arc uh, infect <laughs> deck and try to prove the naysayers wrong but yeah mm -hmm. I, I do i do really like this card 
Yeah, I honestly feel like Teamer is going to be the go-to color combination for mid-range, and the reason that is we'll get to when we talk about another card later on the list. Um, but I think this or Noble Hierarch could see play there. Sure, um, absolutely. But yeah, this card's definitely powerful because it already exists and it's powerful there. <laughs> it's just got a couple different colors uh, with this one. Do you think they're going to make a Naya Hierarch uh, in the future, maybe in uh, Modern Horizons 3? You know, I was looking at these spoilers with my partner, and I think that would be a... She said the same thing, and I think that would be a really bad idea. I think, like, she, she asked if, if I thought they were going to do that, and I, I honestly don't. I think, like, with the second one, it's a cool callback to the original, but any after that are just kind of like, yeah, the well's running dry. You're running out of ideas, you know? For sure. Yeah. Um, I honestly thought if they made a second one that it would be Abzan, um, but, yeah, I guess it's Jun's now. <laughs> yep. I, I just wish they'd given it something other than Exalted, something that feels more Jundy. Okay, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so that being said, uh, let's move on to mine. So my next card is Prismatic Ending. Uh, so this is a, a white sorcery. It's one white and an X, uh, and it has Converge, which we haven't seen in a while. But Exile Target Non-Land Permanent, if its mana value is less than or equal to the number of colors of mana spent to cast the spell. Um, it is sorcery speed. We have to keep that in mind. I think that's really going to hurt the playability of this card. Yeah. But I, I have to say, if you are just looking for a catch-all spell that can remove anything, uh, you know, that's not that's not non-land. Um, so artifacts, enchantments, creatures, if you need to, planeswalkers, this is kind of, this is a, a go-to that you can keep in mind. Uh, and one thing that I want to highlight on this is that this actually does a really great job of uh, dealing with a Chalice of the Void on one. Mm. If you pay one non-white color for X, you can get around Chalice on one. That's true. Right. Um, huh. So... Yeah, so I just think this is something that everyone's going to have to keep in mind because just the versatility of this card is is really there. It's really flexible. It hits a lot of stuff. Um, so I would like I would like to see where the sorcery speed is uh, mitigated uh, by just being such a catch all answer. Do you see this seeing any um, serious uh, competitive play? I think if it was uh, if it was an instant, yeah, uh, I do think the right. sorcery kind of kills it. I'm I'm probably on that team, although I'm, I'm willing to be proven wrong. You know, the the chalice of the void thing I didn't consider. That's definitely true. Um, maybe if this could like also counter spells, as an nope, that would be very broken. Um, yeah, if it were an instant, um, I would be a lot higher on it. I could see this as a sideboard card in like junk decks, like Abzan type stuff, but probably not much else. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if it was instant, this would automatically be one of the most powerful cards in modern, I think, uh, in terms of like answers. Yeah. Uh, Probably. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it has to be sorcery, but I just like this card. The art's cool with the guy um, kind of uh, crashing through the, the stained glass. I just love the versatility of this card. And I think that's something that it's cool that white gets to do is have that kind of versatility. So I'm uh, just really well positioned for, um, for, you know, a possible cyborg play in modern. Yeah, I will say if this replaces Path to Exile, I'll be very excited because it can't kill Primeval Titan. Oh, can oh, oh yeah, oh that's that's true. Yeah, uh, because it <laughs> yeah. has to be. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, let's move on to your next one then. <laughs> Get rid of Seed Rhino though. Yeah, that's um, true. finally. Yeah. <laughs> so um, next we've got um, a card that might be a cheeky callback to my favorite card in the game, uh, but that's fine. Um, Verdant Command is one and a green for an instant. At rare, choose two. Target player creates two tapped 1-1 one, one green squirrel creature tokens. Counter target loyalty ability of a planeswalker. Exile target card from a graveyard. Target player gains three life. So right off the bat, you can see most of the time this is going to be raise the alarm and a bonus effect. Um, and, like, countering a loyalty ability of a planeswalker is great. This can counter ults. You can, like, stop their Jace from brainstorming when they were really planning on doing that during that turn, and it can really mess them up. You can stop their Lily from, like, making you discard a card. Um, and then, like, on the next turn, hit it with the Squirrels. Um, Exile Tart card from a graveyard. You know, there's a really great reanimator card we're actually going to be talking about later in the episode. Uh, and there's already decent reanimator cards in Modern. And being able to just stop those and get two 1-1s for two mana is excellent. And then the Game 3 life, I guess, is just what you do if you don't have any other two-drop to play and you just want to make some Squirrels on your opponent's end step and, and you just gain the three life as well. 
Uh, so I think this card's much more versatile than it looks. I think this card's much better than it looks. I am excited to play. I think we've reached a critical mass of, like, commands. I want to play, like, an Abzan Commands deck in Modern with this and Kaya's Guile and uh, Dramoka's Command and Primal Command and just, like, sort of have all the options that I need every turn. I think that would be pretty sweet. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I If you build that, I absolutely want to see it. I was really curious as to what you thought of this card because it does seem like... You see the two mana and you think, oh, great, two mana. Anything for two mana is going to be good. Uh, but then you look at the um, the list and it is a lot of it is situational. I was really curious to see what you were going to think about this. But I, I like that there's one that you're almost always going to want. Uh, yeah. you know, the two two tapped uh, uh, tokens. Like that's always going to be reasonably good. All of the others are very situational but as mm -hmm. as we know as we've learned throughout magic's history is having marginal effects uh um be um you having the option for them and having other options really increases their value like Absolutely. a counter counter target loyalty ability of a planeswalker we wouldn't play that as a card but mm -hmm. it is kind of just free here if you ever need it um target player gains three life that's kind of the one that you kind of just always default to if there's nothing else you can do but i mean hey that blinks a, um, a lightning bolt from burn you know yeah uh, exile target card from a graveyard is it uro still oh no uro is banned in modern now that's right correct yes <laughs> okay other <laughs> other things of that nature uh, then <laughs> you're, you're right you've sold me on this card I, I think this is one of those things where it looks a little weak on the surface but like once you see it in play i bet this really does work this just gives you a lot of options i'm determined to show people how good this card is like i was with kai's guile and i think i was pretty correct about that with modern horizons one uh, you think you're um, gonna try? You th are, do you think you're going to try uh, a few of these in a Moto Green Devotion for Modern? Not Mono Green Devotion. I do not think that deck wants it at all. But okay. I think any green deck that like actually wants to play at instant speed, I think a lot of like XX green sort of um, three color decks are going to want this for its versatility. Um, I think of it as like Snapcaster kind of like the two squirrels are kind of like Snapcaster's body, and then whatever else you do with it is like a cheap spell. Yeah, that, that makes maybe, sense. I, li I like that, that way of looking sense. at this. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm desperate for, like, decent green cards because nothing from this set goes in mono green devotion, obviously, so far, other okay. than maybe some sideboard stuff, but I don't know. Uh, sure. You've got this next card. This one looks spicy as hell. I misread this at first and thought it was way better than it is, but it's still good. Uh, it's still a lot better than it looks. Uh, Void Mirror, this is a two-mana artifact. Uh, whenever a player casts a spell, if no colored mana was spent to cast it, counter that spell. And it's just an artifact that sits on the battlefield for two mana. So, obvious, uh, I mean, you see this card and the first thing that you think is, you know, wow, fuck Tron, right? <laughs> and, yeah. yes, it, and yes, it does fuck Tron. But, you know, Tron has the ability to, you know, uh, run like green or red or whatever color and add mm -hmm. colored mana into their spells to get around this. Um, so, it, you know, it's not that. Um, uh, it, so there are ways of getting around it. But... I think that the special sauce here is that it gets it takes care of other types of spells. Any sort of free spell that where no mana is spent at all, like Force of Will, this is going to count on that. Um, oh, and it yeah. just sits on the field. Um, anything that's free, anything that is um, uh, no colored mana, uh, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, storm cards, um, I believe that those will also be countered by this as well. Um I actually a, thought that too. Unfortunately, that this this triggers when a player casts a spell, and Storm okay. just copies the spell for each spell cast before it. So, unfortunately, it doesn't work against Storm. I was really disappointed about that. Oh, do, oh, do you not cast the copies? Nope, they just it just copies the spell. Okay, sure. Well, Storm's yeah. broken. Storm was a mistake anyway. Okay, correct. Fair, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, um, I I would say with this card, just think about the non-Tron reasons to play this card. Um. So there, there's a lot that's going on with this um, that isn't just taking care of Tron. So just think about that. And I do think that this is going to see some cyborg play because it's just, you know, those kind of free spell type situations this will take care of and you don't, you won't even think about it. And, you know, it just, it just happens. Yeah. Combos with spell queller. Yeah. That's, that's nice. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a million different little things that you'd forget about with this card until they're relevant. Uh, they can't cascade off of Bloodbraid Elf. Oh, uh, or yeah, cast, the yes, other cascade, cascade card that we're going to talk about later. That's the one I forgot. I was thinking of cascade when I sent this. Uh, when I sent my list to you, um, that mm -hmm. that's the other like free spell I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. This card's going to be good. I think it'll be good in sideboards. I think some decks will play it in the main board. It'll be in the Karn board of those Tron lists. Yeah, I think this card's pretty solid. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. Okay. Just important yeah. to remember that it doesn't work against Storm before you bring it in. I feel like that's going to happen a lot on day one of this set. Yeah, don't be a rube like me. But uh, yeah, <laughs> let, let's move on to your next one. This one's surprising. Uh, what? Tell me what you're excited about for Abiding Grace. This art is really pretty. Um, it also, um, Soul Sisters is cool. Uh, my partner kind of liked this one and wanted me to put it on there. Um, mostly for the art, uh, but she also plays Star Soul Sisters. So two and a white for an enchantment, an uncommon. At the beginning of your end step, choose one. You gain one life or return to our creature card with mana value one from your graveyard to the battlefield. So, like, the obvious thing here is, like, Soul Sisters, right? If you have in the Johnny's Pride made out, you just gain the life. You know, put a counter on it. It's not that bad. Or, mm -hmm. you know, your graveyard, if, they, if they're not, if they're removing your stuff with bolts and pushes, then your graveyard is going to be full of Soul Sisters and maybe Sarah Ascendants that get to just come back at the end of the turn for free. Uh, if they don't like get exiled. So if your opponent's removal is 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 planning on like getting rid of your one drops just by like dis destroying them, like bolt um, thoughts uh, thoughtsies path to exile, whatever. Like if if that's how they're getting rid of your one drops, you're going to just keep bringing them back every single turn. Um, and that includes like soul sisters. Um, other potential things are like any just like low to the ground white deck that plays a lot of one drops might want this. Um, there's the demon from the most recent core set, or the the like cultist from the most recent core set that's a one drop. But if you reanimate him, you immediately exile him and make a demon. I don't know. That could be yeah. a thing. There's, I feel like there's a lot of ways to break this card. Like getting to reanimate a one drop every turn is pretty strong. So I, this is this is for sure on my list. Oh no, you're you're absolutely right. Um, this does a really good Luris impression, and we know how powerful Luris is. Um, you know, it does almost the same thing. Uh, you know, of course, you know, creature card one, you know, all that stuff. But you're bringing something back for free without paying for it every turn. Uh, there are also, I mean, as you said, there's so many ways uh, to break this, and you just get to gain a life if there's absolutely nothing. So yeah, yeah, if you're playing a Soul Sisters, yeah. you get that trigger. It's also just, I mean, you know, that'll, that'll add up over time if you're you're not doing anything. You're you're right. This is definitely a card that I glossed over for First. but yeah this is like if you get this going there's a lot of uh there's a lot of power here any deck that wants loris i think is going to uh um at least want to look at this effect yeah you can also bring back martyr of sands every turn Ooh, yeah that's oh that's nice yeah yeah that's <laughs> pretty gross yeah but buddy. yeah this card's pretty good speaking of yeah buddy um tell us about this next card <laughs> Oh, okay. Yes, Storm's <laughs> mistake and shouldn't have happened. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing it out there. I know lots of people love it, but I mean, there are a lot of wrong people in Magic: The Gathering. Uh, uh, Modern Horizons Two is, uh, is the return of Storm, and we are getting Chatterstorm. Two mana, one generic, and a green sorcery. Create a one-one green squirrel creature token, and then it has Storm. So it's exactly one half of Empty the Warrens in a different color, which I don't actually think uh, matters this one being printed straight to the popper band list maybe i don't know pyroclasm is legal in popper and they have to yeah. wait to, this is a sorcery yeah uh, it's obviously good but bannable I, i'm willing to put down money that this will be banned in popper um the okay. very next time something gets banned in, in popper but also uh, i mean this is modern horizons we're looking at this as a modern card i mean uh there is a storm deck and i think having two mana off on your uh on your um payoff spell uh you know is is, is definitely something um so it's not super super broken and modern in the sense that we already have something that's so close to this that this is just a uh, a marginal increase on what they already have but i mean hey maybe maybe that's enough you know yeah you do have to have manamorphose mana left over to cast this but i i don't think that's that difficult so i think i agree with you this might see some modern play look yeah, that, i'm I, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, that that's true. Um, the Storm decks are usually is it, and this is green, which they have the ability to create green, but their their lands as of right now are not naturally going to be able to create green. But that's an easy fix. That man a base can be tweaked quite easily. Uh, oh, yeah. But what, what were you going to say? Um, I'm happy for a friend of the show, Mark Rosewater, um, that he gets to put all these squirrels into this set, but I just don't. I think they're a little cringe. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, I think, this, I think that's the fair. squirrel obsession that this set seems to have is a little bit like, yeah, we get it. It's funny that squirrels fight. Like, cool, you know. I don't know. Sure. 
No, no, I, I totally understand that. They have their fans, and I want fans of Magic to get what they want, right? You know, like, lots of people like this. I don't want to criticize them too much. It doesn't hit with me because I think it's a, it's a little too, you know, kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Isn't this funny uh, yeah, situation? Yeah, yeah. That doesn't hit with me, um, but um, I, I I want the people who want this to be able um, to get it. And and honestly, I'll I'll take a one one green squirrel. I'll, I'll attack and block. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this card I think is one of the best cards in the set. Um. The one that I'm about to talk about. It's called Persist. It's one in a black for a sorcery at rare. Return target non legendary creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield with a minus one minus one counter on it. Um, like, obviously it doesn't hit all the, like, big reanimator targets, you know, Emrakul with Goryeo's Vengeance, uh, Gristlebrand, um, the Praetors, but, like, or World Spine Worm, because this is a sorcery and that shuffles itself back into your deck, but there are plenty of big, dangerous creatures that I would love to get out for two mana. Um, things like, uh, It That Betrays, just any big guy with Annihilator is where my mind immediately jumps to, but there's a million different cool things that this can do. A million different random mythic worms from old sets, Archons, um, Tide Spout Tyrant jumps to mind because Legacy already likes to reanimate that card. Mm. Um, things like, um, the new Angel, a Sarah Sanctifier or whatever, the one that when it comes in you pick a card type and you and your permanents have protection from that card type. Yep. Um, just stuff like that. Like, they're the list of things that you can get back with Persist is is very large, and the list of things that you should not be able to get back on turn two, um, but now can because of Persist, is, is very large. So I think this card will be pretty good. Oh, no, absolutely. I was just playing uh, last night in uh, uh, Casual Historic on Arena, and I was playing a deck that was using Unburial Rites to, mm -hmm. um, basically, it was filling its graveyard. It used Unburial Rites to bring back Scholar of the Trove, which basically lets you cast a um, uh, a spell from your graveyard for free to chain ultimatums, uh, or emergent Ugh. ultimatum, to copy the... Uh, the um, uh, copy the scholar of the trove and like continue to like um uh cycle um emergent ultimatums and, and it, it was it was gross um <laughs> two mana um recursion from the graveyard we know is powerful we we have tournament pedigree that proves that that's something that we want non-legendary does kill it quite a bit um but i don't think it's that bad um there's lots of non-legendary creature stuff that you can get that is super super scary and you know it's another one of those things where it doesn't matter if it's super super powerful people are going to do it anyway um, yeah. So like those those degenerates out there are going to play this card to uh, reanimate anything they can, uh, and so you're going to see this uh, uh, in modern, regardless of whether it's super good or not. So um, I don't think that this is like super broken. I think it's probably the exact power level where it needs to be. Um, so I, I'm not super scared of this card in modern, but we will absolutely see people try to make this work. And I do like how it is um, a card named after a um, named after an effect, and it kind of mirrors that effect pretty closely. I think that that's clever how they did that. Yeah, uh, Sundering Titan. Um, but yeah, like other than that, yeah, yeah, I, I I do think this is a cool cool flavorfully. Um, I think it's very powerful. I think it, it, it should probably be more expensive based on what it's like pre-ordering for. Uh, so I might swipe up the playset now. I know we don't have the price spiking power that like the command zone does, but mm -hmm. I don't know. Everybody get your persist. Oh, no, no. Yeah, this is a card you, you probably just want to hang on to, to four copies of, you know, just so you have them when you need them, when you feel like uh, doing something degenerate with your graveyard. Yeah, I guess uh, Faithless Looting being gone makes this card worse too. Because you can't, like, turn one loot the creature you want to get rid of and then turn two reanimate it. Yeah, maybe I'm not as high on this card as I was. I, I think I think it's still there. We'll, we'll see this play. Yeah. Um, so you got this, this next card. This goes in the um, new to modern but not a new card slot in the pack. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, um, another um, classic card from Magic's history that um, I, I love this card. I've played this card a lot back in the day. I'm not sure where its place in Modern is going to be, but Mishra's Factory is coming to Modern. Uh, so this is a land, uh, 
it taps for colorless. You can pay one generic mana to make this creature become a 2-2 assembly worker artifact creature until end of turn. Uh, it's still a land, and then you can tap it to target uh, to give target assembly worker creature, which is basically your other Mishra's factories, uh, plus a few random cards from Magic's history. Gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. And also Mutavault. If you're playing this with Mutavault, that'll work for Mutavault as well. Um, so... Uh, Classic card. I don't know if this, this gets there against Mutavault. Uh, I think that the synergies, it's basically do you want creature synergies or do you want artifact synergies? Um, is kind of where you're going to decide whether you want to play Mistress Factory or Mutavault. Um, this place has uh, this card has a, a a warm place in my heart, and I want to see it get there. Um, but uh, we'll just have to see where that where that lies. Um, but uh, we know that you know artifact strategies in Modern are um, you know can be very powerful. Um, Infinity or uh, yeah, in, uh, Affinity is not really a deck these days. Uh, but if it ever comes back in any sort of uh, capacity and needs uh, random artifacts, this would be something they'd want to look at and i just i i hope that this finds a niche place within the format yeah i think um any decks that i don't know about the other decks to play mutavault but i know eight rack is going to replace mutavault with this just because you know you can if you have multiple ones out you can tap them to give each other a bonus uh, and it blocks as a three three because you can block with it and then tap itself to give it plus one plus one uh sure. until end of turn targeting itself so there's yeah there's a lot of cases where this is better than mutavault like it's if you don't care about the all creature types this is strictly better than mutavault pretty much yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I do think that this is probably going to be cheaper than um, uh, Vault. Now, this uh, this card, I think, spiked recently, um, so it's not, like, super, super cheap. But, like, I'm pretty sure that these, as of right now, uh, or I, I before the announcement that this was going into Modern, I'm pretty sure that Mistress Factories were quite a bit cheaper than Vaults just uh, as a baseline. Um, so maybe it's, like, a—and um, it's also a—, it's also a um, it's an uncommon in a set that's going to be cracked as much as possible for those fetch lands. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's possible that this could just be your budget Mula Vaults if you're just working up towards a deck that wants Mula Vaults. So, something yeah. to keep in mind. It's currently 15 cents. <laughs> nice. Not, not super hard to get. Um, yeah, I think I think if you if you care like obviously Murfolk plays Mula Vault because the Mula Vaults need to be Murfolk, so you play Mula Vault. But I think um, like Eight Rack would just rather have this. Uh, sure. And probably several other decks. Uh, yeah, yeah so, so card's obviously very good. Fine for modern, though. Uh, not yeah, busted. Yeah, pretty sure this is the original man land, right? Uh, creature land. Uh, it, it, was there one before this, uh, before Antiquities? I think this is the first one. No, I think, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, just call me daddy. <laughs> Unless the... Um... Unless the, like, uh, treetop village and stuff was before antiquities. I don't think it was. But I don't know. In, in, anyway, but yeah. here's another powerhouse card in the vein of grief. Uh, you tell us about why you picked Solitude. Yeah, so this is the other one of that. So we haven't seen the red one yet still for some reason, unless we're just not getting a red one. Uh, but of the cycle of these, like, evoke pitch cards, I think this is the other one that will definitely see modern play. Uh, this is three and double white for a 3-2 elemental incarnation at Mythic with Flash, Lifelink, and when it enters the battlefield, exile up to one other target creature. That creature's controller gains life equal to its power. Uh, evoke, exile a white card from your hand. Mm -hmm. So this is both, like, Swords to Plowshares is a powerful card. This retains the instant speed by virtue of having Flash. Um, it's zero mana. It's in the same colors as, like, Ephemerate, so you can just blink it, mm -hmm. um, you know, as soon as it comes in. And then the big thing to me also is like uh, this shares a color with Squadron Hawk, so you know mm -hmm. squad you can you can play Squadron Hawk get three more and then use them to use them to cast Solitudes um, yep. for free. So yeah, I think like that's a bit more of a corner case maybe. But like uh, my partner has like this green white blink deck that um, she's used to pretty great success. Basically, you know it plays Aether Vial, it plays Flicker Wisp, it plays like Charming Prince, and then just all the best creatures you might want to blink. You know Thraben Inspector's the one drop. You play Thrag Tusk at the top end, um, Restoration Angel, stuff like that. And I think Solitude will immediately have a place in that deck because you can evoke it and then Vile on two to put a Charming Prince in, blink it, get rid of another creature, and uh, get to keep the body. I think this card has a lot of cases where it's very good. I don't, I obviously don't think it's as good as Grief, but I think it'll definitely see some modern play. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And this one is, it's just straight Swords the Plowshares. I love that it's just the classic card in one uh, line of text. Yeah, this is another one, like you were saying before. 
you don't have to cheat this out with invoke and like do crazy things like a ephemerate or stuff like that this is just a great card on its own with yeah. with a, a flash lifelink comes in blanks a creature um you could just play this as a good magic card and then it's there's a, a, a fail safe for those uh, times when you're playing something like uh infect or something where you just need to get rid of this thing right now i think this card yeah. is actually really bad news for the infect deck and i don't mean to keep talking about infect uh during this it's, it's just it's my modern deck no but, that's yeah, fine <laughs> the existence of this card really makes me think twice about whether i want to be playing infect in the future um, yeah infect is down bad huh Ooh, yeah i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to figure out something else but at least i got my uh, goblin guides uh for real cheap last year with a uh, double masters so maybe i can oh, yeah. uh maybe i can pivot into my other love which is red aggression uh, but, uh <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, th again, this is, I don't think this is, um, I think this is maybe just a tiny step down from the power level of grief, but this is, it's right up there. It's, this is going to see play. I think this is going to uh, be a, a shaper of the modern format uh, moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah. So speaking of shapers of the modern format, this card worries me. Tell me about this one. Oh, Quirion Ranger. So this is a reprint. This is new to modern and I, I got, and, you know, be careful of who you who you call ugly in middle school for sure <laughs> yeah uh we know how powerful this card it's a staple card in legacy elves and now modern elves gets it um i think that's all that really needs to be said this is automatically slotting into elves and taking elves a power level up from where it is now and i also think this is going to be the very first foil printing of this card um so if you pull any foils of this and it you know it, it is a, a uncommon so you know that's keep that in mind if you pull any foils of this you probably hit the lottery yeah there was a promo of this that was ridiculously expensive that was foil but this is the first foil that might be affordable to people who aren't jeff bezos um <laughs> yeah for sure yeah i'm very worried about what like this this card really like, I, I, I worry every time they do something like this that, like, they're trying to make modern into legacy light. And this card is the one that made that anxiety the most pronounced for me. Uh, because this really, I think this card really was the dividing line between modern and legacy elves. Because, like, what else does legacy elves have that modern doesn't, you know? Yeah, you're right. Priest you're of right. Titania, I guess. That uh, seems like it. Yeah, guy's cradle. I, I, does that's true. There that. you go. Okay, there you go. My bad. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean that's th that's there, but it is marginal. This is just one more card that breaks that um barrier. So yeah, I mean, sure. honestly, I'm not an elves player. It's not a deck I'm interested in uh, getting, but I am very afraid to see how powerful this deck will be after this printing. So yeah, yeah I think yeah, I think that's sure. all that really needs to be said. We know how powerful <laughs> this card is. Yeah, this card's good. Card's good. Um, Ooh, so... okay. Yeah. Here's, yeah, here's another card. We know how powerful this card is. Um, and yeah. It seems to be in uh, French here for some reason. Why don't you tell us about your next pick? Yeah, I, uh, I decided to go. There was no English picture of this from the new set because it had just recently gotten spoiled when I made the slideshow. Um, so I just went with, I decided a different language was better than just using an old printing. Yeah. Um, this is Shardless Agent. One, a green and a blue for a 2-2. Uh, human rogue artifact creature with cascade that's it that's the only text on there and it's good text um folks this card is very strong it's fallen out of favor a bit in legacy but this card makes me think that teamer will be the mid-range colors of choice in modern uh because you have yeah. this you have um Bloodbraid elf and you can Bloodbraid into this into whatever the hell you want you know the deck's gonna play ancestral visions of course um and it's going to probably just play all the best, like, one and two drop green and red and blue creatures. And your opponent's mm -hmm. just going to have to deal with it. I think this card's great. I think it's very strong. Um, you know, you could all of the obviously good Cascade plays, you can Jace the Mind Sculptor and then cast this and Cascade into something you want specifically. Um, yeah. yeah, there's just so much, so much good stuff you can do with this card. This card's very obviously good. Um, and, you know, I'm going to be getting a playset as quick as possible. This, this card's really strong. <laughs> It's like we just said, you know, there are those dividing lines between legacy and modern and the printing of Shardless Agent into modern is, is breaking one of those major barriers. It was, you know, Shardless Agent, like 
it has a deck named after itself in legacy which is a pretty big honor um yeah for that to now just be in modern it's another one of those well modern is just now legacy um yeah. so yeah this this is good um you know if you feel like uh you want to play decks like this or decks like a uh, shardless bug or you know whatever the legacy deck is if you feel attached to those get these because this is absolutely going to be a role player in, in modern and i love your idea um for like a, a team or kind of like a beat down I, I if you build that deck i absolutely want to see it i do want to build that deck i want to make sure it's not going to be too expensive for me to build Ooh, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. well hey yeah. with the enemy fetches getting reprinted nothing is impossible we'll see yeah. <laughs> hey um hey big props to us for having the um the fortitude and the iron will to not put fetch lands on our list today oh yeah yeah <laughs> but hey we, i just we got figured that. we were only talking about cards that were new to modern but uh well we, we we got we got lots to talk about anyways uh and we have a whole another episode we're going to be doing on this so um well i'm going to move on this is not a modern card but i just love this and i gotta talk about it uh, hang Aldra on oh yes i gotta say I called you putting this on your list. Like okay. it's usually really hard to figure out what you're gonna say other than like infect and burn cards. But I know <laughs> you're a sucker for Muradin lore, and I was just immediately like, "Yep, yep." Will is gonna talk about this card. I don't even need to think about putting it down on my list. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> This is a self-indulgent pick for me. Um, I started in original Mirrodin, um, you know, a big um, uh, soft spot for those cards. And I was absolutely one of those people who were um, soy-facing uh, soy over the cool Calder equipment. Um, I still have my, my very first pre-release was... Um, fifth dawn and the promo you got was the helm of cauldra and i was just going through my cards last night i i came across it that is my very first promo that i've ever gotten you know really soft place in my heart but we are getting new cauldra stuff this is cauldra complete a seven mana legendary artifact equipment uh it's mythic it has living weapon and i think there's a few of these in the set um that we've seen so far um but living weapon is coming back um the entire thing is is indestructible uh and then equipped creature gets plus five plus five and has first strike trample indestructible haste and whenever this creature deals combat damage to a creature exile that creature so it's it's not as good as I, I think it's not as good as death touch because you have to do the full damage you can't just do one damage and then move on to something else but it Correct. does exile so it's you know kind of like a side grade and then equip for seven that's a lot of mana i have the i, I have that the the inkling that people playing this will not actually be paying an equip cost a seven <laughs> all that much but yeah this is just like I, I like we talked about with the squirrels you know the squirrels are lots of people like the squirrels but you know like we're kind of like uh, it's a little too tongue-in-cheek we don't really like that but this is one of those things where it's like this is what i want and i would yeah. want people to be i would want people to be like well i don't like this but i'm glad that will agro rhetoric is like super excited um for this card um i i guess like uh stoneforge mystic is kind of uh the way you want to go with this uh you know kind of those like white base kind of oh, yeah. uh, cheating out artifacts is how you want to do this i'll probably try to put this in like Doretti, uh like my oathbreaker slash commander deck uh for him just because i love it so much uh, and i'm just excited to see um <laughs> what i can do with this card yeah i honestly think this might see a one a play as a one of index that plays stoneforge like that that ability is really strong um just the like put it like just being able to put it in like a batter skull uh, and then the card itself being indestructible i think i wouldn't sleep on this in modern immediately um potentially tron maybe yeah. it, it yeah. has haste so like mm -hmm. i don't know i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't count it out just yet it's that, definitely that, not the best thing you can be doing for seven mana but you're not always going to be paying seven mana for yeah, that's true. So yeah, if you just get natural Tron on three and you drop this down, you're swinging for five first strike trample indestructible on on turn three. A lot of decks are going to have a real hard time dealing with that. Yeah, on, yeah, on for turn sure. three. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah. there there are applications for it, um, and I'm excited to see what happens with it. But I just had to talk about. It. I just love it so much. But let's move on to your. Oh, I actually haven't seen this card yet. So tell us about your deck card. Yeah, this is Thought Monitor. It's six and a blue for a 2-2 artifact creature construct at rare with affinity for artifacts, flying, and when Thought Monitor enters the battlefield, draw two cards. 
I think you can get this down to one mana in Modern Affinity, and it's just going to, like, let you keep going, you know? Uh, this is kind of like Vault Scourge. This is a pretty good thing to slap Cranial Plating on, um, yep. and it'll help you draw into the Cranial Plating if you don't have it yet. Um, yeah, I don't think it'll be too unreasonable to cast this for two mana. Uh, in a two mana 2-2 two, two flyer that draws two cards is, I don't need to tell you, very good. Uh, so I think this card will see some play in Modern Affinity for sure. What do you think about this? Oh, yeah. I, now that I'm reading this, I love this. Uh, Affinity for Artifacts, we know how powerful that is. Yeah. And we know, and Modern is like the format for like just chaining cheap uh, artifacts as, as much as possible. Um, the old style affinity, de affinity decks, I definitely think would want that, but those decks don't really exist anymore. Um, but I know there's like Urza decks that would, um, uh, kind of do sort of the same thing. Um, but this would have been absolutely gross if, um, uh, Arkham's Astrolabe was still around, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know if the Urza decks are doing too hot now that, um, Mox Opal is gone. Um, but maybe this will bring him back. I don't know if this will bring him back. I think Affinity, I honestly do think that the aggressive artifact Affinity that exists now in Modern kind of wants this. This this know. is this is really cool. The power is there, and I have no doubt that there are decks that can get this down to one two mana very easily and want this in um want this in play. Uh, I guess we have to see whether those decks can stack up against the meta, but there are absolutely decks that can really put this uh, to use and uh, get just incredible value out of it. So, yeah, so I I love this. It's really cool to see Affinity for Artifacts coming back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's a neat mechanic. We see we saw one more affinity card in the set, but it was not very good. Sure. Um, so yeah, but uh, speaking of good artifacts, you got this next one. This art's really cool. Oh yeah, yeah, it's real cool. I think they did a, a great job with this. Um, I did. I had to have another content creator um mention that this was a human before I realized that this wasn't just an artifact creature. Oh wow, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is Esper Sentinel. It's one white mana for a 1-1. One, one. It's an artifact creature, human soldier. That's very, that that's quite the type line there. Um, artifact creature, it's a human, and lots of things care about humans, and it's a soldier. That's a great line of text right there. But there's even more power to this. Whenever an opponent casts their first non-creature spell each turn, draw a card unless that player pays X, where X is Esper Sentinel's power. So it's doing a real, um, almost like a Rhystic Studies um, impersonation here. Um, so you get that, you get that ability and, and people are absolutely going to have to, uh, with modern being as a uh, mana lean as, as it is, um, unless decks are trying to ramp, um, they're not really going to have all that much extra mana to pay, to pay this tax, uh, yeah. to, to pay the tax. Um, and all of that on just a one mana creature with a great line of, a uh, like a creature type text um it, it, this is one of those things where the entire package all just comes together into a really great more powerful than it looks card and i really do think that this is going to see play yeah i did not know it was a human until you mentioned that live and this card looks so much better now just um like thraben inspector immediately raises the tax to two or not thraben inspector uh thalia's lieutenant uh and then just curving this into thalia is really nasty because like you know she increases the she increases the actual cost of the spell by um by one and then you know they have to pay one to make you not draw a card they're not going to be able to do both of those things on a lightning bolt right yep. you know it, it, the lightning bolt's going to be too expensive either they can't cast it or you're going to get to draw a card when they do mm -hmm. uh yeah i don't i don't know exactly where this i mean this will slot into a lot of places but i don't know where the real home in the stack uh, uh this is going to be i would guess probably a humans build is where oh, yeah, this would sure. naturally go but like artifact decks are going to want to play this too right you know um, oh yeah yeah exactly um i mean if you're trying to get affinity for artifacts for your um uh, uh thought um uh what's it called thought uh thought monitor thought monitor yeah if you're yeah. trying to get that down for affinity artifacts this is something you're really gonna want if you're just trying to have a ton of artifacts this is something you want uh yeah just th yeah. there's just lots of power here that can go a lot of different ways another thing i just thought of slap cranial plating on this bad boy. <laughs> yeah it's exactly. not just the power bonus from plus one plus one counters and there's a lot of modular cards in the set and they're not great but like when you sack your arcbound ravager just ravager just put the counters on this and you're gonna get to draw a card 
that that's very very good yeah um so yeah uh, not much to say about this look for this card um look where its home's going to be um but oh, let's move sure. on to your next card uh, urza saga now is this the card or the set which one are you talking um, about here yeah so uh this is actually fifteen thousand dollars um <laughs> I don't know why it's referred to as a booster box when I looked it up, but um, yeah, this is uh, this is Urza Saga. It's named after a set, kind of like how we got um, uh, uh, mirrored and besieged in the last set. Uh, yeah. I think well, my money for the next set. Maybe we'll get Fate Reforged. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll get um, uh, Jumpstart. I don't know. Um, this card's good. <laughs> I-, I can't wait for the most powerful card in Magic Core Set 2015. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So Urza Saga is a enchantment land Urza Saga. Mm-hmm. Um, so That's good. <laughs> really getting all the... The Urza's doesn't matter. That's a subtype that has nothing that cares about it, but they just really wanted to, like, make it look good. <coughs> so the first lore counter, Urza Saga gains tap at a colorless, and that's not temporary. That exists for the next two turns, too. Um, yeah. So it, it's just a land that it's a land that taps for colorless, just kind right, of, right, just right. coming in. That just that's the baseline. Yeah, and then uh, the second turn, Urza Saga gains two tap, create a zero zero colorless construct artifact creature token. With this creature, gets plus one plus one for each artifact you control. So that's pretty good. You know, if you don't have anything better to do on turn three, and you play this on turn two, you can like you know just poop out a construct. Who doesn't like yeah. constructs? Uh, and then turn. Th- Mm-hmm. We've seen the zero zero construct that grows be good in other contexts. Oh uh, yeah, like the um, Dominaria um, Karn makes those, and that ended up mm-hmm. being a pretty good card. I don't think it made the jump to modern, but uh, um, you know, l- like we've seen those constructs be relevant, um, especially uh, in a format that can pump out tons of artifacts. And we just talked about cards that care about you having a bunch of artifacts. So yeah, so that's not nothing. Um, it's not free, but like th- like that construct can be can be trouble for you yeah yeah straight up um this card's this card's pretty good the last mode search your library for an artifact card with mana cost zero or one put it into the battlefield and then shuffle um that's pretty nasty there's not a lot of moxes in modern there's obviously no soul ring like this card's obviously a house and commander you don't need anyone to tell you that you know because it's going to turn into a soul ring um but like in modern you know, the best things you can probably be grabbing with this are like, you know, uh, Shadow Spear from Theros Beyond Death might see a little play because of this. Um, you can grab, God, are there any one mana things that tap for mana in modern that I'm not thinking of? Uh, maybe uh, a mana I'm rock sure. with suspend or something? You know, I bet there's a lot of artifacts that are kind of marginal now that will go up, not monetary value, but will go up in playable value because of this. Tipping um, Needle? Uh, uh, yeah, Pithing Needle is great here. Um, yeah, it, it's great for those kind of um, uh, situational cyborg cards. Graph Digger's Cage. Oh, or, yeah. Or something, yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's nothing that's just going to break it. There's no Black Lotus or anything like that. But there's a lot mm-hmm. of zero and one mana cards that are situational that you're going to love to be able to... Um, uh, tutor up piecemeal whenever you need them and yeah. you also probably if you really want to because you do have to sacrifice this at the uh-huh. end of uh at the end of three i'm sure that there are a handful of marginal zero one mana rocks that you can just get and uh just to kind of keep uh keep things going you know yeah you can grab s, s- sentinel off of this too oh ooh, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh no i no, i don't think you can the mana cost oh it's zero mana one. cost not converted yep yeah, a uh, mana value. It's mana yeah. cost, not mana value. So you can't do that. Uh, My but, bad. Uh, there's there's all sorts of things you can get, and honestly, the ability to tutor, um, so you get the choice, is worth a lot. Make sure you remember that that's part of this too. For sure, for sure. Yeah, this card's great. Uh, I'm curious where it's going to see play other than like Tron and stuff. That's uh, true. so. This you does... got the next one, and this is not a family friendly card. Oh no! Okay, I again. This is another one that like I do like the flavor of this one, and I think that this is. I won't say it's pushed, but I mean this is getting up there in terms of like power level of uh, of cards. This is damn. They they got to the point where they're finally willing to um, burn the name damn on a card. Um, you know, just have that have that name and that just be this card forever in Magic's history. And um, I think that they chose a good way to do it. Two mana, two black. It's a sorcery. Destroy target creature. 
a creature destroyed this way can't be regenerated. Now that sounds a little weird, right? The wording of that, well, it's, mm -hmm. it's that way for a reason. This has overload of two white, white. So uh, it's worded that way. So with overload, this does literally just become wrath of God. Um, on, on an overload creature, Fred, I want to ask you, do you think that this is a strict upgrade to Wrath of God in Modern? Would anyone play Wrath of God instead of just this? Um, if this gets Inquisitioned, that's the only thing I can think of, but I think it's worth it. I think you play this even though it gets Inquisitioned, because it is just better than Wrath of God. I guess if you're in a mono-white deck that wants Wrath of God, for some reason you just play Wrath of God because you don't want it to get Inquisitioned. But if you're in a black-white deck, yeah, you play this over... Damnation, Wrath of God, uh, Day of Judgment, all that stuff. This card is just strictly better. I am a little disappointed that they skipped past to Pimp a Butterfly and just went straight to Printing Dam. We don't get a Section 80. <laughs> we don't get anything else. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, this is definitely like the most straight. This is just a straight up curse word as a name of a magic card. Let me ask you, Will. Do you think in Modern Horizons 3 we'll get shit or fuck? Uh, no, I don't think so. Maybe we'll get, maybe we'll just get ass and it'll be Ooh, like, yeah. it'll, it'll be like one city of ass just for a turn, but then you could overload it or, you know, whatever it is and, uh, like kick it. And if you kick it, it comes into play a city of ass or something yeah, like that. Or, or hell maybe. Right. For sure. We could but, get a card that's, that's just called hell, but yeah, this card's good. But that's part of the conversation that's happening in Magic these days is, is Magic burning through too many card names? Like, how many just, like, awesome, uh, like, one-word, very, like, uh, pithy, iconic words are we burning on just draft chaff for sets that no one cares about? You know? Um, like, if we're going to have a card that has such a, just a, like, murder, they, they really found the perfect place to put the word murder on a three-mana, totally... Um, reprintable everywhere destroy target creature like that's perfect yeah. right yeah i think that this is probably the absolute best word or uh, sorry the best card they could have used this one singular word for and i'm glad to hear that magic or you know wizards is thinking about where they want to put these very like um kind of just um singular like very pithy card names on cards yeah they didn't waste it like they did with lightning bolt I think yeah, that this card is excellent. Uh, yeah, if they're going to name a card Dam, I don't want it to be like a common that just like is like a five mana destroy target creature. That's a really good point. To your thing about them burning through names too fast, I really don't think that's the case. They're good at making up new names. You know, just com combine a Latin prefix and a Latin suffix that don't mm -hmm. actually have a real word together to make a cool new spell. They do that several times a set. And I think like... If magic is getting to the point where they're literally running out of names for cards, then they're, that's a good problem to have. It means your game is doing well. Um, sure. And yeah. it, to be to have been going on that long, but I don't think they're at that point yet. I think that's a little bit of like manufactured worry. Um, although I do agree that like they don't need to burn cool names on bad cards, and I'm glad that damn got this card. I yeah. Um, all that aside, this is just a really good card, and, oh, yeah. and uh, I, I mean, I don't know whether any decks specifically want this, but the power level is there. Um, if 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 a deck wants to pivot to having this ability, it's right here, and uh, it's at the power level that I think is appropriate for modern, and it kind of has that. Um, versatility, versatility, both in the sense of you can get one creature and. Um, uh, all creatures if you need to, but the actual just damn part of it um, is just destroy target creature. You know, no yeah. like uh, qualifiers, non-legendary, non-black or anything. It's just destroy target creature. I think that versatility is worth it. To. Yeah, you know, I thought in this set they were going to finally make do good on that because like Doomblade is non-black, uh, Victim of the Night lists a bunch of creatures it can't be. I thought they were going to finally pull the trigger in this set and give us an instant speed, one in a black, either just destroy target creature or like destroy target non-Lurdoif creature or non-advisor creature or something like that yeah. to where it was like barely relevant. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad they haven't hit that point yet. And I think Dam is a really good card. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, is there one more card? Yes, you have, yes. you have one more card. I think this is the last one for, uh, yes. for our episode here, but yes, we are finally getting a new sword. Um, so tell us about this one. Yeah, this is sword of hearth and home three mana artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and has protection from green and white. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, exile up to one target creature you own, then search your library for a basic land card. Put both cards onto the battlefield under your control, then shuffle. And has equipped two. So that's very interesting phrasing for the ability. Um, but yeah, basically when you hit somebody, you get to blink a creature and put a basic land card from your deck into play. 
when you're evaluating a sword like this, you need to decide how relevant is the protection from those two colors and how relevant is the ability. And I think the ability is great. Um, you know, if you grab this off of Stoneforge Mystic, it lets you blink Stoneforge Mystic when you actually hit someone with it and then grab another equipment. So it's kind of free in a way. Uh, the ramping out of basic land is really relevant, especially if you are going to have a bunch of equipments out on the battlefield late in the game and you need to equip them all to creatures and then when that creature dies, equip them to a new one. Uh, you know, it's really, that ramp is really relevant, uh, even in decks that might want to go, that might only, like, cap at, like, four or five lands. Um, and the protection is pretty relevant. It protects from Path to Exile and the new Solitude, um, and it can't be blocked by green creatures, which, you know, is less relevant than protecting from Path. But yeah, I think this card's great. I think... As far as where it ranks under the swords, it's definitely not as good as um, Feast and Famine or Light and Shadow, but I think it's probably better than the rest, right? Uh, I think Fire and Ice is still kind of up there in terms of, of power level, but those are the three, right? Um, the two yeah. original ones and then Feast of Famine. You, no, you're absolutely right. This is not at that power level, but it's still pretty good. I love the name. I think they chose a, a great name. Uh, for this one yeah if you need these p specific protections uh, the abilities are not nothing i mean if you're playing swords in modern you're absolutely playing a stone forge so that's a great target for the um exiling a creature right there and, and ramping you know i'm sure you could, there's something you could do with all that uh, extra mana maybe ramp up into cauldra complete right mm -hmm. <laughs> um yeah i think that this is um it, it's good that this exists and i think that decks that i want to play swords will be glad to have like one of this um to to keep you know to to tutor for when they need it so i think for this sure. is a it's an appropriate power level I, I i think they did a good job with this card but like we we can say that and also know that this is not on the same power level as feast and famine right i i don't and I, yeah i think they'll definitely play this card will definitely see play I honestly feel like it's about the power level of Sophie. To sure, be real yeah. with you, yeah. But maybe I, I, I'll think, be I think that's wrong. no. I I think with the power level of creatures that you can blink uh, these days, I think I think you're right. I think that's probably where I would put it. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe right there, or just a tiny bit uh, lower than Sword of Fire and Ice. But the power level is there. Yeah, you can blink Solitude. You can blink Grief. Ooh, you can blink a wrench. <laughs> <laughs> you you can blink a sword, you can blink a wrench, you can blink a ball, uh, something. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but yeah. Now right. with that, we we're only missing two more swords. We just need the green red one and the blue black one, and then we will have swords for all. And then I guess they'll start doing tricolor swords, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Um, I, with the way we're um, churning through new cards these days, I think we'll get the new sword sooner rather than later. So oh, yeah. keep an eye out for that. And with that, I think that is all we're going to talk about today. Man, there is so much going on in Modern Horizons 2 that I'm pretty sure we're going to be doing a part two of this. Yeah. I know that there are more cards that I want to talk about, and we didn't even talk about the fetch lands. There are more of the invocations uh, that you can invoke or that, that we can talk about. There's all sorts of, of this and that artifact stuff, modular. So be on the lookout for a par part two for this, and I know that I'm super excited about it. Oh, absolutely. Me too. This set has me really excited. Despite my anger at the $10 packs, which is justified, they really shouldn't do that. This set's really exciting. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So with that said, why don't we wrap this one up? Do you want to sign this off, Fred? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> thank you for listening to this episode of Gut Shot. You can follow me at uh, War Crimes Woo on Twitch or at Fred SB on Twitter. Will is at Agro Rhetoric. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Gut Shot Pod. Tell us what cards that you are excited about from Modern Horizons 2. Uh, unless that card is um, Quarian Ranger, then go ahead and keep it to yourself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you're one of those degenerates that's uh, playing uh, uh, elves, you know, we, we don't want to hear from you. Yeah, <laughs> um, take it yeah, easy. <laughs> oh, okay. Any, anyway, this has been Gutshot now at $13.99 a pack, and we will see you <laughs> next time. Later. See ya. Bye.